0: Hello and welcome to Weird Things and Wine, the show where we sip wine and talk about all things weird. My name is Tash. And my name is Mia. And today we will be talking about the Loch Ness Monster. Shall we jump right into it? Yes, let's! (laughs) Cheers! So today we're going to have a bit of an intro topic, because we just so happen to live close to a lake that is said to be home to another creature similar to the Loch Ness Monster. Picture
1: this. Imagine the Okanagan, the banana belt of BC, if you will, filled with orchards, wineries, greenery, rolling mountains, peaceful hiking trails, and even a lake monster? (laughs) The lake in question is called Okanagan Lake.
0: And it's in British Columbia, Canada. Okanagan Lake is 84 miles long, or how many kilometers?
1: 110 kilometers.
0: And three miles wide.
1: Or four to five kilometers
0: wide. How many feet was it?
1: How many (laughs) feet deep? Sorry. So it's 232 meters deep or 761 feet in the deepest part of the lake. Okay. That's pretty deep.
0: (laughs) I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, I don't know if that's really deep, but I'm pretty sure that's pretty deep because I think Loch Ness is similar.
1: Yeah, Loch Ness is, I think, 240 meters deep.
0: Loch Ness' lowest point is 754 feet deep. They're about the same depth, but um, Okanagan Lake is bigger...
1: In surface area.
0: Yeah. So in Okanagan Lake, there possibly resides a creature called Ogopogo, who is described as a 30 to 50 foot long snake like creature.
1: Creature is said to be 30 to 50 feet long and 1 to 2 feet wide. Considering how long he is... Yeah. He's pretty thin.
0: So he does look like a snake. He's also been described looking like a mosasaurus or a basilosaurus.
1: I found some reports that said that his face or his head resembled either a goat or a horse or some other kind of animal with a long nose.
0: Which is really strange for a sea creature, right? I would not have expected that. I've also found some reports saying that it had horns. So, it kind of looks like a horse with horns.
1: Some older reports say that it had a glow to it as well. So, horns, it glowed, was huge, and looked like a horse.
0: Also, it had dark green skin and multiple humps. In those reports that say that it glowed, did they mean like a... Like
1: a spirit-like, I pictured a green type of aura.
0: Okay. So... It wasn't bioluminescent. They described it as being kind of like a...
1: An aura-type glow.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes. And that was
0: in the um, reports from the native people in the area, right? Correct.
1: The natives referred to the Ogopogo originally as Naha'atik, or something similar to that. I apologize for my bad pronunciation. Following the reports that said that it glowed, there's a bit more of a story on that so the story goes that once the people started to lose faith and fear of the creature it no longer glowed like it fed off of the faith and the fear of the people in order to glow
0: that's really interesting so
1: once that stopped it then turned into a smaller sea serpent that we now recognize today oh that's cool originally they believed it to be a lake spirit Okay. So they would sacrifice things to it, not out of fear that it would kill them, but as out of respect that it would let them pass. Uh, Other than the original name given to this creature, it's also recognized by a slightly nicer name, Augie. Augie. I love that so much. Do you know if it's pronounced Augie or Ogie?
0: Augie sounds better, but it's probably Ogie, but I think we should call him Augie.
1: <laughs> okay, let's call him Augie. Which is how I personally will be referring to this creature for the rest of the episode.
0: (laughs) I love that. Shall we talk about some of the sightings? Ooh, yes. There are actually quite a few recorded sightings that involve, like, dozens of people. That's pretty compelling. (laughs) So yeah, that does add credibility to the theory that maybe there's a lake monster in Okanagan Lake, right?
1: Normally, it's pretty hard to get a group of people to... (laughs) <laughs> Hallucinate the same thing that you're hallucinating, <laughs> or run with a lie.
0: We're just going to talk about the most recent ones, I think, because they're the most interesting and they're the ones with actual physical evidence in the way of videos and photographs.
1: Now that technology's getting better.
0: In 2015, a man was watching the water when a head popped out, and he quickly grabbed his camera and took photos, and these are the photos. <laughs>
1: That kind of just looks like a shoe. Ooh, what is that? That one's weird,
0: right? You can kind of see, like, the mouth and the eyes. This actually kind of looks like
1: those Tyrannosaurus floating, like... You know those big suits that you can put on to look like a Tyrannosaurus Rex? I do. With, like, the floaty or, like, the puffy head? Not that that's not real, because...
0: It could be real. It could be. It could also be, like, a balloon or something floating past.
1: Also possible.
0: But he really believed it, so... Who am I to say? (laughs) So, after that, in 2019, a video was taken by a man who saw some strange waves on the surface of the lake.
1: Yeah, those are some strange
0: waves. Yeah. It looks like ripples on the lake that are larger than any other waves around
1: it. That are just moving along the lake when nothing else is happening.
0: People say that it could be the humps of the creature going just below the surface of the water. Shortly after that, two kayakers encountered another strange wave that passed under them and then bumped into their kayaks. It's interesting, you can kind of see what might be like a creature or an object just below the surface. Something,
1: yeah, that's very obviously disturbing, the water.
0: And it's interesting to me that they felt it bump into their kayak. I don't know if you've ever been kayaking before.
1: That's kind of why I'm afraid to go kayaking, because (laughs) if something bumps me and I can't see it.
0: If a wave hits your kayak, it doesn't feel like something's bumping it. It just feels like you're moving up and down. Okay, that's kind of scary. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing that they had happen to them, I suppose. Do you have another one in 2019?
1: I do have another one in 2019. June 1st of 2019, his first name was Jim. He firstly noticed some ripples on the surface, much like the other reports noticed. Some sort of disturbance on the surface. And as soon as he noticed that, he pretty much took out his camera. What he saw was estimated to be about 120 feet in length, which is pretty much more than double what was widely believed as the actual length of the creature.
0: That's interesting. I need to Google how big a blue whale is. Okay, so that actually would make Ogopogo bigger than the blue whale. Because blue whales average 98 feet in length. So if this
1: gentleman's approximate size of Augie was actually correct, that would mean that Augie actually challenges the size of blue whales? That's crazy. We also did move from approximately 30 to 50 feet in length to 120 feet in length, which is quite a jump.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe he needs glasses. I don't know. So in 1991, the lake was actually searched with a submarine, but no Ogopogo was found, and no bones or skeletons either. Well, shoot. But I, that doesn't mean anything. I have a theory that we will talk about at the end. Okay. I have some interesting facts about Ooh, Ogopogo. Okay. He was actually declared an endangered species recently.
1: I did not know that.
0: Which means he is to be protected. Because he is real. Because he is real. And actually, at the bottom of the lake, there is a statue of Ogopogo in his honor. It was put there in the 1990s, and it's actually 8 feet tall and 14 feet long. So quite a bit smaller than the actual Ogopogo.
1: But still pretty big
0: surprisingly big. Could you imagine diving and then running into that statue? It looks really creepy. I have a picture. Well, that's creepy. Why did they put teeth on it? I don't know. It's not a very realistic uh, statue, but it is demented. Yeah, it
1: looks pretty scary. I actually did read an article that said there are a bunch of interesting items that you can find while diving, like boats that sunk and stuff. I did not know that that was down there. <laughs> no more scuba diving for me. No, thanks, <laughs> cheese. One other fun fact about Ogopogo is that a lot of the places that I have been to have cutesy little statues of Ogopogo popping his little head out of the water.
0: He looks so much more friendly in those pictures than in the one that he's, like, in the bottom of the lake.
1: Yeah, the commemoratory statue kind of sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. not
1: that I'm mad about it. So I have more fun facts about the lake itself. Okay. So I thought it was interesting to note that Lake Okanagan actually has two islands in it. One is called Grant Island, which is a bird sanctuary. The other is called Rattlesnake Island, which is kind of self-explanatory. So if that gives you any inkling as to what Okanagan Lake is like, it has a island full of rattlesnakes and a sea monster. I mean a lake monster, because it's fresh water.
0: How do the rattlesnakes get to the island?
1: Rattlesnakes can swim. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. My aunt and uncle have a boat, and when they were first married, they went out onto, not Okanagan Lake, but another lake in the far part of Vernon, and they didn't pull in and sleep on land in a tent at night because of the rattlesnakes. Instead, they stayed on the boat and a snake swam onto their boat in the middle of the night.
0: That's a dedicated snake. Wait, I did not know... I am not swimming in Okanagan Lake anymore. <laughs> no. No thanks.
1: I do have some other fun facts. So, Canada spells Okanagan O-K-A-N-A-G-A-N And the United States spells Okanagan O-K-A-N-O-G-A-N. So if you find articles about the Okanagan in B.C., they're going to spell it differently than we spell it. Since we're on the topic of spelling, the spelling of Okanagan has changed 47 times throughout the years. (laughs) Wait, really? 47 times.
0: The name was changed in the 1900s, and it was spelled O-K-A-N-A-G-O-N. And now it's spelled with an A.
1: Instead of an O.
0: Yeah, at the end. So in 1900, the United States did not get the memo that we were changing the name to O-K-A-N-A-G-A-N instead of with an O. Someone, someone dropped the ball. Someone dropped the ball. Who was president at the time? Or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. They were not communicating. They should have been communicating. We need more communication, is what I'm saying. Truly, we do. Shall we talk about the theories?
1: So, I would like to start off by saying I did speak to a family member of mine on this topic who said that they grew up with tales of Ogopogo. This family member <laughs> was told that the lake was very, very very deep, and that at the deepest point of the lake, which is, in fact, called Squally Point, this lake monster resides there and comes up every once in a while. Um, And they were also told that this lake monster comes from a type of giant sturgeon, which doesn't account for how it has humps like a snake. I don't know about that, but... (laughs)
0: Um, apparently there's a lot of people that think it's just a giant sturgeon and sturgeons can actually reach up to 10 feet in length or more than over 10 feet in length. Augie is quite a bit bigger than that. To put a damper on things before we move on to some more exciting theories, (laughs) it could just be a beaver or a log or just waves. In a lot of the videos and pictures, it kind of just looks like a really isolated wave. But it is interesting because the waves don't seem to move. They just sit there and ripple. Yeah. On the surface.
1: Some sightings that I read about did say that it kind of looked like a log. Which is a little disappointing, but...
0: Some sightings could be logs. That's right. And others could be Ogopogo.
1: So... I thought of this mostly on the spot because we're talking about rattlesnakes, because there's rattlesnake island, and Augie is said to have a snake-like body. So what if Augie is actually a giant rattlesnake? Some sort of altered, for no good reason, rattlesnake. I don't know how long snakes can hold their breath for. I don't think it's that long. So we'd probably see it.
0: Well, it's also, like, huge, so it probably has bigger lungs, too.
1: I did not think of that.
0: How do you think it got huge?
1: The only explanation that I have, because I think that rattlesnakes are not an animal that just continue to grow and grow as they get older, I think they have a max size. Probably. I have to assume that it's some sort of genetic alteration that was abnormal that caused this specimen or species to just puff up and grow. Really, really big. Much larger than it was supposed to.
0: That's a theory. That's crazy. (laughs) I like that theory. So, I'm just going to spitball here and say the Okanagan Lake was formed at least partially by glacial erosion. So, is it possible that maybe a prehistoric dinosaur could have been trapped in the ice and then, when the ice melted, just got deposited into the lake and then revived somehow? Shoot.
1: There's a certain type of frog that has antifreeze in its blood that makes it able to be frozen and then unfrozen without it ceasing to live.
0: That's interesting.
1: So if this dinosaur somehow had some sort of antifreeze in its blood, theoretically, it could do the exact same thing.
0: Could it have survived somehow the hundreds of years since...
1: I mean...
0: We don't know that much about dinosaurs. Maybe they were all basically immortal unless something killed them.
1: That's a terrifying thought. There is an animal that can regrow limbs.
0: Salamanders? Yes. Axolotl?
1: Yes. Yeah. And cockroaches can live without their head for a while. So that's something.
0: So can chickens, who are also descendants from dinosaurs. So dinosaurs and cockroaches share similarities, and if chickens are dinosaurs, what we're saying is that Ogopogo is immortal, and he's living in the bottom of the lake in Squally Point.
1: Correct. let's move on to Nessie.
0: Mia is just pouring us another glass of blue wine tonight. We thought it would be on theme with the water in Loch Ness and Lake Okanagan tonight. It's delicious. It is actually better than I expected. Tastes like candy mixed with wine, which is what you want your wine to taste like. (laughs) That was our intro topic, and now shall we move on to the Loch Ness?
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: For almost 1,500 years, locals and tourists alike have reported strange sightings of a large dinosaur-like creature swimming in the murky waters of Loch Ness. Is it feasible that a prehistoric animal is living among the seaweed and fish? Or perhaps these reports are nothing more than a trick of the eye, a hopeful mind turning a log into a monster. But could this unassuming lake possibly be home to an ancient beast? Let's talk about it.
1: So, I did try and do some research on what, you know, what the scene of Lake Loch Ness looks like. So, it kind of resembles... Okanagan Lake a little bit. It is in the Scottish Highlands. It looked like a beautiful area. Huge mountains, lots of green. There were a few photos that I saw that had a really cute antique castle on one of the points and I found that the castle is actually named. I'm a butcher this so hang on. Yurkuhart Castle. (laughs) It was considered officially a ruin in the 1800s so it's a pretty old castle. In addition to the castle, this doesn't really play much into the, you know, setting the scene, but there is a cruise that'll take you around.
0: We have to do that.
1: Let's do it. Fun fact, just briefly. So, in the research, I found that the word lock was confusing me because they were, a couple articles used it in a couple different ways. So, lock in original Scottish means lake, So the Scottish are calling it Lake Ness, we're calling it Lake Loch Ness, but to the Scottish we're calling it Lake Lake Ness.
0: Perhaps we should only call it Loch Ness, or we could Canadianize it and call it Lake Ness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So in my research, I found that Loch Ness is actually 22 miles long, a little less than a mile wide, and it's 754 feet deep. deep. How deep is that?
1: That's, like, as deep as, like,
0: (laughs) Apparently, it's the largest lake in the British Isles. And it's fed by seven major rivers and never freezes. And apparently, there is 13 sightings a year since the 1930s. Ooh. That's quite a few. That's one each month plus another. Nessie is described as a large plesiosaur-like creature with a long neck and with at least one hump. So, a plesiosaur has a very long neck that doesn't actually move that much.
1: The neck doesn't actually swoop and droop. It's, yeah. It's just kind of, there's one neck bone at the base of the neck that just kind of moves it up and down. Supposedly. Supposedly. Okay. The Loch Ness Monster, officially, according to some research, was named Nessie in the 1940s. So, okay. before then, she or he was referred to as the Loch Ness
0: Monster. Nessie is a much more affectionate name. So, let's talk a bit about the first sighting of Nessie, which was in the year 565 by a Christian missionary named St. Columba. Apparently, one day, Nessie was attacking swimmers, and he intervened, and he made the sign of the cross to ward her off and told her to go away, and she left. Apparently, she was scared of him. I find this interesting because this kind of turns her into more of a biblical creature that would understand what a cross is, rather than just a creature.
1: See, I would also imagine that he wasn't simply going, be gone. I would imagine he's going, go
0: away! Leave
1: us alone! (laughs) So it's probably the screaming that made Nessie leave, and not the finger sign of a cross.
0: Oh my god, this guy's crazy. And she left. I don't blame her. I would leave too. Sightings of Nessie started happening more frequently in the 1930s, and in May of 1933, it was reported in a local newspaper that a couple spotted an enormous animal rolling and plunging on the surface. Ooh. And that's when reports really started rolling in.
1: Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, also in 1933, in December of 1933, was when the first photograph was taken, which is the infamous black and white scale photograph of nessie's neck and head popping out of the water we are going to talk more in detail about this specific photograph a little bit later
0: and then in july of 1933 that same year a man named george spicer and his wife who is unnamed for some reason okay (laughs) uh, that reason would be the patriarchy and misogyny
1: (laughs) (laughs) to be clear
0: they saw quote, a most extraordinary form of animal, unquote, crossed the road before their car one day. They said it was about four feet high and 25 feet long with a long neck.
1: So if it crossed the road, it clearly had feet, not fins.
0: Yeah. So they watched it sink into the water and then left, I guess. In November of that year, a photo was taken of Nessie by a man named Hugh Gray, yeah, so that photo that he took was super blurry, and you can't really make out anything. Um, skeptics say that it was probably a dog or an otter.
1: To be honest, I can't see either of those in that photo.
0: I'm going to say it, it was probably a boat. could be truly anything. <laughs> um, that does bring up the point, though. A lot of these sightings are written off as just being an otter. Apparently, those are pretty common in the Loch Ness area. Here's an interesting one. In January 1934, a man named Arthur Grant, who was a veterinary student, he was on a late-night motorcycle drive when he nearly ran into Nessie. In January? Yeah. I imagine he would be quite cold. Yeah, I'd imagine he was pretty darn cold. He probably would have injured himself if he had somehow had to swerve out of the way. To avoid hitting her.
1: Oh, because he nearly ran into Nessie.
0: Yeah, he nearly hit her with his motorcycle.
1: For Lake Monster, Nessie seems to be on land (laughs) an awful lot.
0: She is probably a carnivore, so why didn't she just turn around and take a chomp out of Mr. Arthur Grant?
1: If this was her first time experiencing a motorcycle, she might have gone, This is an awful new sound that I'm gonna just run away from.
0: Um, he did say that it looked like what the other couples had described, but when he got off his bike to take a closer look, he saw Nessie disappear into the water.
1: I wonder if when Nessie's disappearing into the water, is she, like, galloping into the water, like, running on the bank that's, you know, into the water, or is she just kind of, like, immediately slinking?
0: (laughs) That's a really interesting thought. I hadn't gotten to the point where i was picturing how nessie would move <laughs> and it also is weird to me because i didn't find anything in the reports that say that she had feet to cross the road with yeah also where mm. is she going nessie what's on the
1: other side
0: <laughs> <laughs> like was, would she have run away from this loud noise or would she have just ignored it like oh that's a person i don't care you're not my preferred snack and then left
1: Yeah, this really does take into question her actual personality. (laughs) Is she this giant creature that is like, Ooh, but you're scary. Even though I'm bigger than you, I'm gonna run away. Yeah. Or is she like, come on, dude. I'm bigger than you. Take me on. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We don't really get too much of a sense of Nessie's personality. Unfortunately. Yeah. But it is interesting to me that she hasn't ever really attacked someone. She seems more like a peaceful creature. I really am a huge fan of Nessie. I don't know if that's coming through in this recording, but I love her.
1: There's a herbivore that looks quite similar.
0: Littlefoot. Oh, was he? <laughs> Littlefoot was a long neck. I mean, yeah. Littlefoot, long neck. <laughs> Wait, what's the ti- what's the scientific term for long neck?
1: I used to know. I used to be into dinosaurs. And no one ever asked me about dinosaurs, so I've forgotten everything.
0: I love those movies, though. They were so good. They
1: were amazing! Littlefoot was a brontosaurus.
0: I feel like we should have known that. I know. That is, like, the most basic dinosaur. So that brings into question, does Nessie look more like a plesiosaurus or a brontosaurus? Because they look really similar, but a brontosaurus has feet and a plesiosaurus has flippers. I'd imagine there's not a hybrid. I mean, it could be a hybrid. (laughs) A genetic mutation because a Brontosaurus and a plesiosaurus had a child together in the form of Nessie and then in the genetic mutation she like Does she have also fins and feet? Maybe she has feet on the back and then fins on the front. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) So Nessie just walks on her hind legs on land and then uses her flippers in the water.
1: It is not the most efficient way (laughs) for it to be, but she might be.
0: Or, like, maybe her, like, tail does, like, a propeller sort of thing.
1: (laughs) Okay. Because there was a dinosaur (laughs) that supposedly had, like, a chainsaw as a circle in its mouth. Scientists
0: are just making things up. They don't know. I mean, do fossils lie? fossils could lie because of the fact that we don't know that dinosaurs sounded like they did because we don't have remnants of their vocal cords because that's soft tissue and we don't actually have remnants of the fat cells or the fact that they could because have- <laughs> we just have their skeletons. They probably don't look like what we think they look like and they could be bright purple. I'm really sad.
1: All of my dinosaur knowledge is purely speculation.
0: All of it. Anyways <laughs> I feel like they would have, like, said in the sightings that it was a hybrid. The sightings that I read
1: did not have a lot of detailed information about how it crossed the road or then slinked back into the ocean. I mean, the lake. It could have just been, you know, stomping along the road and no one noted that, which they should have.
0: I can't imagine how it would move and how, how people would not note how it would move, because it just had flippers. It would be moving really weirdly. It yeah. It shouldn't be out of the water. In May 1938, a man named G.E. Taylor, who was a tourist from South Africa, managed to get a three-minute video of Nessie. So it kind of just looks, again, like an isolated wave on the water, right?
1: Yes. Similar to Augie.
0: In this video, it looks like there could be something just floating just below the surface, like a creature or possibly a log. But probably a creature.
1: We're gonna go with a creature. Mm -hmm. Is his actual name G
0: don't actually know what his full name is. A British zoologist named Maurice Burton actually debunked this saying that it was just a floating object. Like, I don't know, a floating Nessie? Come on, Maurice. In December 1954, uh, Captain Donald McLean and his first mate Peter Anderson were on a fishing boat that had sonar technology.
1: Ooh. Mm -hmm. Good to know sonar was around in 1954.
0: At 479 feet deep, the two men noticed a large object that swam with the boat for around 2,600 feet. That's a long ways. If it was just a log, you wouldn't think that it would follow the boat that far, right?
1: You're right, because... Really, what are the odds? There was a current at 479 feet below surface level there.
0: That just stopped after 2,600 feet.
1: And originally was going exactly the same way as the boat. And speed. And speed! -uh.
0: Nuh-uh. That's not a log. And then in July 1955, a man named Peter McNabb captured a photo that showed two humps in the water but skeptics dismiss it as just being waves. So let me show you that photo. In the photograph, mm. it's not centered at all. It's only in the left side of the frame.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate.
0: But it just looks like two bumps in the water, and they look pretty large. So that's that. <laughs> um, In the 1960s, a very famous video was taken that is known as the Dimsdale film, and the <clears> man who filmed it was an aeronautical engineer Ooh. who was named Tim Dinsdale
1: hence Dinsdale film
0: <laughs> okay logical so that's pretty credible <clears throat> yeah he's kind
1: of putting his reputation on the line by presenting this as credible evidence
0: um when it was analyzed by experts just recently they think that it was just a boat from a distance because the head didn't move
1: I don't know that that really looks like a boat from the distance.
0: Does it look like a Nessie? It could be a Nessie. So in this video, you can kind of see what looks like a head above the water. And then underneath that, there's what looks like a black line. Some sort of long black shape. And there's a bit of a... Disturbance? Yeah, disturbance in the water. It's creating kind of waves like a boat does.
1: Yes. And it doesn't look like the shadow from the boat.
0: No, it looks different than the water around it. Yeah. So that's the Dinsdale film. Pretty credible. Pretty credible. (laughs) And I don't really know how they could tell from that distance that the head wasn't moving.
1: At that distance with that quality. I don't don't, know experts.
0: And then in May 1977, a magician-slash-psychic named Anthony Shields apparently summoned Nessie out of the water and captured a photo of her, and it's actually a pretty clear photo. He did say that it wasn't the head that he saw, but a trunk, like an elephant. It does look like a trunk of an elephant.
1: It really does, actually. Wow, look at the coloring on that.
0: It's not the most credible source, but it is a very clear photograph.
1: That is a very clear photograph. Now, because you mentioned like an elephant, I actually have a topic on that or a little anecdote. Not an anecdote. That's not the right word. Just a little bit of information. I saw a small amount of reports that said there was a traveling circus that at some point resided on the banks of the river with exotic animals, namely elephants. So once the one of the first credible photos appeared, the owner of the circus offered a 20,000 euro reward for this creature to be brought to the circus so it could be joined forcibly to the circus, which is not great. Interesting to note, that would be equivalent to 2 million euros today,
0: which is a lot of money. (laughs) Okay, so that would be over 3 million dollars in Canadian money. That's a lot
1: of money. No one's actually ever been able to claim the reward. So because of these facts, and like you said, there is a photo that kind of resembles an elephant's trunk, some people do argue that most of the sightings are nothing more than just an elephant. Do elephants swim like that? I don't think so. I don't think they bathe like that either. I'm pretty sure they use their trunk to spray water.
0: Yeah, they don't fully (laughs) submerge in the water like that. They play in the water, but they don't fully submerge with their trunk sticking out. Do
1: elephants float?
0: I don't think they're very heavy. (laughs) So are blue whales, so I don't know.
1: Well, blue whales don't float. Blue whales, I think they have to swim to survive, because if they don't keep swimming, they'll sink.
0: That's really dark. I don't like that. Yeah, let's move on. So, it was a traveling circus.
1: It it? was supposedly a traveling circus. I did read one report that said they were going across Loch Ness on you know with a boat okay and then the owner saw some sort of figure pop its head out of the water and said no i need to set up camp here till i can figure out what that was and some other reports one other report said that no this traveling circus just set up camp on the bank one of the banks there just to stop traveling for a little bit of time regroup train the animals then the owner saw what appeared to be a very strange creature pop its head out of the water.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad he didn't catch Nessie. Me too. <laughs> she deserves more than to be some guy's side. In May 2007, a lab technician named Gordon Holmes caught a video of Nessie swimming in the water.
1: This is actually pretty recent. 2007. So technology's gonna be... A little more there than it was in 1977.
0: It's an interesting video because it Hmm. doesn't really show waves on the water, it just shows a black shape moving underneath the water.
1: Stands out as being different.
0: Yeah. Skeptics say that it was probably an otter or a seal, which is a common theme in this um, unsolved mystery, but it kind of looked bigger than that to me.
1: You know, when you see something that you can't explain... First attempt is to try and explain it. Yeah. Makes sense.
0: And then in August of 2011, a boat captain named Marcus Atkinson took a sonar photo of a five foot wide object and it followed his boat for two minutes before branching off.
1: Ooh, so in certain cases, specifically ones with sonar, because that's really the only way to tell what's down there, (laughs) Nessie follows.
0: Could that be because she's curious? Probably she's very curious of what these creatures are that are in her lake. It's interesting that it was only five feet wide, though. Could it be a baby Nessie?
1: Oh my gosh.
0: In the picture, uh, in the sonar picture, you can see what looks just kind of like a blob with a branching out thing, which could probably be the head.
1: It pretty much looks like Nessie.
0: It looks like like what you
1: would picture Nessie look like just without a lot of details, such as a lot of definition as to where the head is on the neck and feet or fins or... So, sonar. Other aquatic animals use sonar to communicate. Supposing that not a lot of boats that traveled on Loch Ness between the beginning of time and 2007... If they they didn't have... If a lot of them have sonar, could Nessie think that they're trying to communicate? Like, there's this voice that I hear, but I don't understand, but I can hear it. What if it's communicating with me?
0: That's interesting, because in the one with the submarine, they were also using sonar. So maybe she's hearing some Mm. sort of frequency and wondering if it's a friend. I hadn't thought about that. She's coming because she's curious and she wants to see what's up. I really like that.
1: I really like Nessie. She's turning into a really beautiful character.
0: I just adore her. (laughs) I'm really a huge fan of Nessie. One year later, in August of 2012, a man named George Edwards captured a photo of Nessie. This guy had a passion. He had a huge passion for Nessie. He spent 26 years searching for her and he actually turned this passion into a job. So he would actually take tourists for boat rides in hopes of seeing Nessie. That would be a good job. It would be a great job. Could you imagine spending all day looking for Nessie? He should use sonar, and that's he should he should
1: should research dolphins and figure out how to use sonar to communicate instead of just to navigate.
0: We need to figure out how to use sonar (laughs) to communicate with Nessie. We can do this. Specifically, us. I think she would like us. She seems like a creature that you could sit down and, like, hang out with, have a chat over a glass of wine. That's right. So, George Edwards actually captured a photo of Nessie. It's taken from pretty far away, and you can just see one hump in the water. Edwards said that, in his opinion, it probably looks like a manatee, but not a mammal. When people say three humps, they're probably just seeing three separate monsters.
1: Oh, that's... That's a lot of information to process.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, unfortunately, skeptics pointed out inconsistencies in his story, and he eventually admitted that it was a hoax.
1: George Edwards. I'm very disappointed.
0: There's actually a picture of him sitting with the hoax object. It's just, like, literally just a hump. No! Smiling at the camera. And he spent his whole life looking for her. He probably was just so desperate for her to be real.
1: Okay, now I'm feeling sorry for him.
0: He needs to use sonar. Another year after that, in August, coincidentally- Wow, August is a popular month. Yeah. Hmm. A man named David Elder caught a wave-like pattern in the water. And it was kind of strange because it wasn't moving, almost like there was something just below the surface interrupting the water. So this video is interesting because it kind of looks like it moves across the water, not towards the shore, but across. Yes. And it just looks like something large, very large, below the surface, interrupting the the water.
1: Very, very large. The last sighting of note that I was able to find actually occurred in September of 2019, but it was not put online until June of
0: 2020. Oh, really recent.
1: Yeah, this guy's name was Steve Carrington. Much like all the other stories, after spotting a disturbance on the water surface, he took out a camera to snap a f- few photos. Some experts have looked at the image, the clearest one that he provided, um, and argued that it was altered with Photoshop, which is unfortunate, while others argue that the photo is actually of a giant catfish. So in the specific article that I read regarding this, they showed another photo of a a guy over in Italy who had captured another giant catfish, and I could definitely see with the markings how you could see it as a catfish, but I'm open to interpretation on this.
0: I'm really trying to think of a joke to make about Nessie catfishing people. I can't think of one. <laughs> so that's... A lot of the more famous sightings of Nessie, and I think we should talk now about the most famous photograph of Nessie. The surgeon's photograph.
1: Let's get into it.
0: This is what people point to generally as super credible evidence for Nessie. It's the most famous photograph of her, and it just looks like, to describe it, um, you can see the ripples in the water, and then you see kind of a head coming out of the water. That looks like a serpent's type of head. So, in April 1934, a London gynecologist by the name of Robert Kenneth Wilson got the Daily Mail, which is a British newspaper, to publish one of the best-known photos of Nessie. So, he claimed that one day, he was looking out on the water when he saw Nessie pop her head up and luckily captured this photo.
1: What? Dumb luck. Wow.
0: What's interesting, though, is that it was actually examined by experts in the 1990s, who figured out that the creature in the photo was probably only about 2-3 to feet long.
1: See, I was thinking, in the photo, compared to the size of the waves, the body looks smaller than anticipated. Yeah.
0: So, let's talk about how he actually hoaxed this whole thing. So, in 1933, the Daily Mail had actually hired a big-game hunter named Marmaduke Weatherall to find Nessie.
1: He was a big-game hunter? He was hired to hunt Nessie?
0: I hadn't put those two thoughts together, but yeah, that makes sense. So, Weatherall had claimed that he had come across footprints that he thought might be Nessie, and he sent them to expert zoologists. They determined that they were actually footprints from a hippo.
1: I did not realize hippos... Roamed free? I and don't s-
0: think that they did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> apparently he had used, it was popular back in the in those days to have- um,
1: Umbrellas, parasols?
0: <laughs> yeah, in the shape of, like, actual hippo's feet. So he what? used this thing to stick it into the- <laughs> He stuck it into the ground and, like, said, hey, this is a hippo foot. This is a Nessie foot, is what he said. <laughs> but it's actually a hippo foot.
1: And everyone was like, no, this is a hippo foot.
0: He was humiliated and he decided that he needed to get revenge. So he chose. <laughs> he made the decision in his life to fake a photograph. So how he faked it is that he attached a fake head to a toy submarine and created this illusion of a creature underwater sticking its head out of the water. They were actually almost caught in that moment, but the weather all stepped on the thing and sunk it to the ground. Robert Wilson was actually buddies with this guy, so he sold the pictures to the Daily Mail for him, and because he was more credible, people believed it.
1: I'm getting frustrated. People suck. Although, if they hadn't done this, we wouldn't have hope for Nessie. It's true.
0: I suppose there's, like, good sides to every situation, but they still suck.
1: (laughs) We're not arguing if they suck or not, because they do.
0: So let's talk about some of the studies, now that we've gone through some Ooh. of the more famous sightings. In the 1960s, British universities started launching sonar expeditions on the lake, but nothing was found except for large, moving underwater objects. They wrote them off mostly as logs or large fish. Could have been an Nessie. Could have been an essay. And then in 1975, they started adding underwater photography and the first photo taken was apparently showed a flipper, neck, and head one enhanced.
1: That is actually kind of compelling.
0: I don't really know what that could be.
1: Apart from Nessie.
0: It's a very grainy photograph, obviously, because it was taken underwater with technology in the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> but you can make out a long neck and a type of body that kind of looks like what Nessie is described as dr george zug who was a curator of reptiles and amphibians in the smithsonian institute said i believe this data indicates the presence of large animals in loch ness but are insufficient to identify them
1: at least he acknowledges that there could possibly be something large in loch ness yeah opening the door of course skeptics will think the photos are fake
0: But I don't agree, because these are professional photos, not just photos taken by any random Joe on the street.
1: That is a good point. I would allow an argument to happen from a skeptic if they could provide some sort of...
0: Counter-argument. There you go. Explanation.
1: Yes. This is what it could be, but I have absolutely no idea what else it could be.
0: It's just not Nessie. Apparently.
1: Apparently. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Apparently. In 1993, the Discovery Channel began studying the entirety of the lake instead of focusing just on Nessie. Mm. So they discovered that there were actually a lot more species in the lock than originally thought and they also caught on sonar a large creature. And then in 1997, 24 boats spread across the width of the lake and searched for Nessie using sonar. So they detected the presence of a large unknown object again, but when they came back to this specific area, they just found debris.
1: Okay, so there's something down there, most likely.
0: It's interesting because in a lot of these reports, when they use sonar, they capture something. She hears and she wants to know what's happening. Yeah. But when the BBC used sonar and satellite tracking in 2003, they found no evidence of Nessie. So in 2018, just recently, scientists started collecting DNA from the lake. So I thought it was
1: interesting to note that the main scientist was actually a geneticist whose name was Neil, I'm gonna butcher his last name, Jamel, (laughs) who was, um, like I said, a geneticist of the Otago University in New Zealand, which is not in Scotland.
0: No. That's
1: kind of far away. My understanding of this survey or experiment was that they took numerous samples of water, and tested each sample individually for, specifically, quote-unquote, monster DNA.
0: Monster DNA. Yeah,
1: not any scientific term.
0: Does that just mean, like, unknown DNA?
1: I would think it would mean either unknown or abnormal. Okay. I didn't know you could find DNA in water...
0: Apparently, all these creatures living in the lock leave little pieces of DNA floating around, like feathers or skin cells or waste. Oh. And then they can test the water for trace amounts of these DNA and then compare it to a database of known species to determine oh. if there's any monster DNA. <laughs> so that's crazy. I didn't know they could do that.
1: Neither did I. The more you know.
0: <laughs> so far, they haven't found any monsters, but... I'm holding out hope.
1: Me too. So in some of the studies, they did find that there were a number of eels that lived in Loch Ness, which led some to theorize that Nessie could be an ancient eel.
0: Like a giant, oversized, ancient, mutated eel.
1: Yes. To put it nicely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If we theorize that Ogopogo is just an oversized rattlesnake and Nessie is just an oversized eel... Those are very similar theories, and i wonder if the same mutation could be found in both of these creatures. That is a good point. Before I move on to the theories, I have a few fun facts. So, interestingly enough, Scotland's first minister, which is basically their leader, her name is Nicola Sturgeon. She stated in an interview one day, As everyone in Scotland knows, of course Nessie exists, so I think you're treading on pretty dangerous waters here if you don't mind me saying. One insinuated that maybe Nessie was not real. And she also said, the Loch Ness monster does exist and I'm not prepared to concede ground on that. So, the locals in the area, including the leader, really believe in this whole thing.
1: Firmly believe.
0: With all the coverage of Nessie, the Scotland National Heritage, which is a government-funded organization, had to come up with a guide for what the government should do if Nessie was ever found. That's cool. And this is a simple two-step process, which is step one, take a DNA sample, and step two, release Nessie back into the loch. They also stated that Nessie should be protected from harm above all else. I really appreciate that the Scottish folk
1: truly seem to care about Nessie.
0: I love that both Augie and Nessie are kind of like protected creatures. Yeah.
1: I also actually have some fun facts. I did not know this, but there are roughly a dozen movies that either feature or include Nessie in their story. Also, Scotland has several other very deep lakes that are also said to house lake monsters. Really? I took a picture of names for reference.
0: So Nessie would just be like the most famous one of these?
1: hmm. So Loch Archaic has Water Horse. Loch Awe has Beethatch Moor. Loch Locky, which is Lake Lakey translated into Scottish. <laughs> monster's nickname is Lizzie. Which is cute. Loch Lamond has the Lamond monster. I shouldn't be reading this out because I'm gonna butcher everything. Loch Marie has Mookshilch. Loch <laughs> Morar has Morag. Loch Ness has Nessie or Nisag. <laughs> Loch Uich has Uichi. Loch Kuich has Lizzie again. I don't know if that's the same monster or a different monster with the same name. Lock Shiel has Loch Lachsuanaval, or Lewis, has Sirachwist, or Watercult, as well. Have you heard of Storm Loch Ness? Uh, no. Should I leave that for the end, or should I say it right now? <laughs> Wait, what is that?
0: Yeah, say it now. I'm okay. curious.
1: So... I stumbled across a little gem. (laughs) Storm Loch Ness, Nessie can't hide from us all. Was set to take place September 21st, 2019. Just days after Storm Area 51. So how fitting that we ended up doing Loch Ness after Area 51.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, leave Nessie alone. I don't know. (laughs) Protect her. (laughs) So... A Facebook
1: page was created for this, I think created after Storm Area 51 got so much hype, Mm -hmm. and 21,000 people RSVP'd to the event, and I tried so hard to find anyone that actually went there, and I only found, like, two pictures of people that went there on the day. It just, it was nothing.
0: I'm glad. Leave Nessie alone.
1: I actually, I stumbled across news footage of newscasters reporting this, and I was like, this isn't real.
0: That's no, not, it's a not thing. real.
1: <laughs> no, it's real.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, so somebody tried to capitalize on the Storm Area Fifty One trend. Hmm. By... <laughs>
1: yes. So, one person reportedly did see Nessie on that day. However, when they were on the lake, they saw nothing. Disappointed, they went to the pub, where they saw someone dressed up in a Nessie costume.
0: So they got to see Nessie that day. Exactly. I'm so happy for (laughs) that. Of course Nessie didn't pop her head out of the water. She was like, what are these freaking crazy people doing? No, I'm going to my trench. Leave me alone. (laughs) Poor Nessie. They should have used sonar. They
1: should have used sonar. They could have communicated better.
0: I really feel like we're onto something here. I
1: kind of do too. (laughs) One last fun fact. In my own notes, I categorize this as the most ridiculous attempt... In 1975, a group of reportedly four decided to attempt to lure out Nessie after someone else decided Nessie was actually a male. These four built a 309-foot-long papier-mâché, quote-unquote, lady version of the reported sightings.
0: 309 feet? Yes. That's so much bigger than Nessie.
1: I have no idea why they chose even specifically 309 feet, or if they were going for, like, 300 feet and then overachieved, because that might have (laughs) happened.
0: I just love the fact that they thought that this would lure Nessie out, but, like, if I saw a giant human, I'd run the other way, (laughs) right?
1: I think we all know this failed pretty much immediately. Because it was papier-mâché, and it was a windy day, the butt end of the papier-mâché deflated and then sunk under the water.
0: You can't have that. The butt end is the most important (laughs) part. We don't have any solid evidence of what gender Nessie is. I think she's a female, and I think Nessie said gay rights. I second that. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't work, though, so...
1: Yeah. I don't know what happens to the giant papier-mâché afterwards. I'm assuming because it said that the butt end deflated and sunk that the rest of this figure also sunk under the water.
0: They just left it there, probably.
1: That's what I'm thinking, because would they really, if they thought Nessie was in there and would be attracted by this figure, would they really go out into the water to save their figure? (laughs)
0: Also, like, they made it out of paper mache. That's dumb.
1: I know. Not the best. At, you're putting it on water.
0: What it did just, you call it in your notes?
1: The most ridiculous attempt.
0: You were totally correct. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> insane thing I've ever heard. It made me
1: nearly cry.
0: Of course that didn't work.
1: <laughs> they just were so dedicated and so positive, though, because it was huge.
0: Honestly, that must have taken so long. And then it sank. They were probably so disappointed. Shall we move on to the theories? I do want to mention, this doesn't have anything to do with anything, but it's weird to me that all the sightings, all the reported most famous sightings of Nessie are by men, and the one woman who saw it didn't even get a name.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's just the time, like, maybe women did report it, and they were like, no, you're a woman, you don't have an opinion, because that was a thing that happened in the past, which was great.
0: Are they just more likely to see things that aren't there? They're
1: probably more likely to be believed.
0: I don't like that.
1: Neither do I. Shall we move on? (laughs) Let's move right along.
0: (laughs) So, some of the theories, some of the more boring theories are that it could be a Greenland shark that can actually survive in freshwater, or a giant eel, which is kind of an interesting theory, but we've already talked about that one. (laughs) It could be that the brain just sees what it wants to see, so like we see a log or an otter or a wave for a split second, and then our brains distort it into a monster. So I don't like those theories because they're boring, so let's not talk okay, about that. Okay, let's
1: get into the exciting ones.
0: So one of my theories is that it could be a plesiosaur. I'm going to say the reasons why it's not a plesiosaur because that's what I wrote down for some reason instead of the reason that it is a plesiosaur. <laughs> It could be a plesiosaur because it kind of looks like a plesiosaur. Right. And plesiosaurs have existed at some point in time. The reason it can't be a plesiosaur is because their necks don't actually move.
1: The joint connecting the neck to the body moves, but the actual neck is just like a bone.
0: And it would also need to come up for air every couple of hours, so mm. there would be a lot more settings. Yeah. And it's also not immortal, but if there's more than one, there would have to be at least 30 to prevent inbreeding from killing them.
1: Wow, you really went in deep for this theory. I was not expecting this much thought.
0: (laughs) And apparently there's not even enough food for one Nessie in the lake, let alone a whole bunch. And I don't know why I'm spending my time debunking this theory, because I think that Nessie is a (laughs) plesiosaur. But we'll get into that.
1: Again... If the plesiosaur and the brontosaur somehow melded together,
0: she could be an omnivore, right? She could be. There are underwater caves in Loch Ness. So, if one of these underwater caves somehow connected to the warmer tropical ocean waters, maybe a plesiosaur could go back and forth between Loch Ness. Ooh.
1: Which would explain why a lot of sightings occurred in August.
0: Where the water was warmer. I don't really know how the underwater caves work, but they exist, and that's my theory about the plesiosaur. Do you have a theory?
1: I do have a theory. It's a little more outlandish okay. than that theory, and it's more of a thought. So generally, monsters are described as being of other worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Like an alien can be a monster. So my theory is if a monster's from another world... Maybe it has something that we just can't detect yet. Um, Not too, too long ago, it was determined that fish see in ultraviolet. So, in order to accurately see what fish see, we had to alter our our equipment. Like that, it said that Bigfoot makes all equipment malfunction whenever it gets near. Oh. Yes. So, combining those two quote-unquote facts... I propose that these like monsters exist, however we are missing some piece of the puzzle that we need to have to know how to alter our current technology in order to accurately find them
0: and prove their existence. We really don't know anything about these creatures. Not really. No. it's. Stands to reason that if it is a sort of supernatural entity rather than a uh, physical biological entity that it would have some sort of interference with technology and maybe even with our own minds.
1: See that's kind of something that I have always thought about any topic that's like a little bit more skeptical Mm -hmm. like Bigfoot which definitely exists
0: We will do a podcast on that eventually. Along
1: that topic, or that thought process, Mm -hmm. I have pretty much always thought that any topic that's kind of skeptical, so Bigfoot for example, I always thought that there's just so much that we don't know, so how can someone say yes or no if we're basing how we're finding them on our current technology?
0: Mm -hmm. Because clearly
1: that's just not working. (laughs) So it just stand to reason that we need to alter something that we're doing in order to actually connect with whatever being we're trying to connect with
0: it's kind of like when when scientists are like oh we haven't found life as we know it on other planets
1: because you're looking for us or our plants or our species like who knows maybe the rocks that they're picking up have some sort of life inside them and they're kidnapping people from their planets and bringing them here and we just don't know because we don't recognize that source of life yet that
0: was a little intense it was a lot (laughs) but i mean i don't disagree do you have any other theories i have one more theory it's kind of a theory and a half okay so nessie could be an interdimensional being and there could be an interdimensional portal at the bottom of the lake that shifts with the movement of the Earth's tectonic plates.
1: Man, this is a common strong theory.
0: No hesitation. Okay. <laughs> so going off of this theory, um, there could be other interdimensional portals at the bottom of other lakes, other lochs in Scotland where there have been sightings of other creatures. And maybe it's the same creature just going through the portal. So let's talk about Quartz. Quartz. So quartz under stress can actually create electromagnetic fields, apparently, in the same way Mm. that other crystals are thought to bring luck or healing or love, you know? Oh, okay. And quartz is actually a super common crystal, and it's very present in Loch Ness. So if the electromagnetic fields did what they sometimes apparently do, they could have created an interdimensional portal.
1: So if you pair... The quartz that's at the bottom of the lake with 789 feet of water pressure on top of it. That would cause some stress.
0: And it could (laughs) create some sort of electromagnetic field that could have maybe opened a wormhole through time or space where maybe a plesiosaur can come through.
1: Clearly what you're saying is submarines need to explore the bottom of Loch Ness.
0: Yes. But jumping off of what you said about how maybe our technology just isn't right, maybe we can't sense that, but it's interesting because it kind of leaves the option open for everybody to be right. Sometimes Nessie does come through that portal, and she could be either a plesiosaur or an alien or just anything. So I like that theory.
1: I like that theory too.
0: (laughs) What do you think the Loch Ness Monster is?
1: I do firmly believe that the Loch Ness Monster exists in some capacity. I don't know if it's how we're thinking of it.
0: Like a physical being. Yes.
1: As much as it is sort of like you said, something that can travel through portals or can blit in and out and is not detectable as we expect it to be. I think that it exists in that kind of capacity.
0: I agree. I believe that there is a wormhole. Nessie is an interdimensional creature with advanced sonar capabilities as well as intelligence and she is capable of communicating, or attempting to communicate, with the sonar technology that we have available.
1: I have to say, truly, I did not think that these would be our thoughts at the end. No. But I am so happy that we
0: got to this point. Me too. (laughs) I think that we need to work on our sonar technology and really amp it up and make it super great so we can communicate with Nessie.
1: We should also see if we can incorporate quartz into the sonar technology. Because that could be a key that we're missing.
0: Quartz could be the key. Also quartz could explain things like sightings of Bigfoot or Mothman and such. Anyways, that is the Loch Ness Monster. Thank you (laughs) so much for listening to Weird Things and Wine. Thank you for joining us again. And we will be back soon with another installment.
1: Not sure exactly what that will be yet, but it's coming.
0: Be prepared. (laughs) Grab your wine. (laughs) Shall we cheers out? Let's cheers.
1: cheers. Cheers. Stick around for some
0: bloopers. Honestly, Nessie's kind of somebody I'd like to like have a glass of wine with.
1: I had another theory.
0: I'm gonna write it down. (laughs) (laughs) That is genius energy. (laughs) We're gonna sound like idiots again. I really (laughs) wanted to avoid this. I'm going to ask a very dumb question that I'm going to edit out. Okay. Because it's dumb. Can all
1: snakes? No, yeah. not all snakes can swim. <laughs> I know rattlesnakes can cuz they're terrifying. Okay,
0: so that was our Okay. Um okay, so that was Why am I so squeaky? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Please tell me that's not true.
0: No, it's not. <laughs> that was my completely unscientific <laughs> opinion.
1: I think both of these are decidedly male for some reason.
0: I thought Nessie was a woman.
1: (laughs) They (laughs) tempted Nessie with a female version of herself.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, Nessie said gay rights. Heck
1: yeah, Nessie. That's what (laughs) we're going with.
0: (laughs) People who say that Wikipedia isn't a useful tool are teachers and it's propaganda.
1: Agreed. They just, they want you to suffer
0: want you to suffer and have to do the research yourself but here's a hack if you have to research something go to the wikipedia page <laughs> scroll down you will see all the resources just pick one of those and you will seem so much more credible wow that's actually a pretty good tip i wish i would learned it in high school instead of now life is all about life hacks all life is hacking it so it's easier i'm gonna record kitty purrs okay these are ki- they're happy your these are kitty birds